Welcome to All Things Erie from Erie PA. That's Erie with three E's. I'm Kat, your host, and today I'm going to talk to you about a scandal all the way from down in Brazil. But before I do, I just wanted to say I'm sorry for being away for so long. It's been super crazy. I went back to work and I've been trying to balance that, my granddaughter, along with home and the disability I have with my breathing. It makes me a little tired. Well, a lot tired. And it's been difficult when you can't breathe and you get tired. And with all the illnesses going around on top of COVID, it kind of makes it a bit hard. But I wanted you to listen to this podcast that I did for my other show, Poolside Confessions. So with that being said, I will be off from my job. So I'll be able to start writing again. And I have a fantastic case for you to hear. But until then, I'm going to use the first one from like I said, Poolside Confessions. I don't know if anybody's really heard it or not because unfortunately I've been having some technical difficulties uploading that case. So here you go. First, I would start out by saying that I first heard about this from Bailey Sarin. For those who don't know who Bailey is, she has a really cool makeup and mystery piece that you can watch. You listen to her episode while she does her makeup, which, by the way, is totally awesome if you haven't seen it. I only wish I had a quarter of her talent when it comes to doing makeup, which when I'm done, I usually end up looking like a toddler did it. But I digress. This is usually this is but this is where I had originally heard the story. And no, I'm not going to regurgitate what she had said because Bailey's episodes can be more compressed for time. And there's nothing wrong with that, but she certainly caught my attention with this story. I also want to apologize for the not having the, this episode out earlier. My health hasn't been the best lately, and when I recorded my last episode for All Things Erie from Erie PA, I was having extremely hard time speaking without being winded. I had to edit a lot of that heavy breathing out of it. But now that we have that out of the way, who exactly is Bordelis dos Santos de Souza? De Souza was born February 5th, 1961. And according to a main information page, De Souza lost her father and brother in a car accident at the age of 14. De Souza was favela born, which is a place in the center of Rio de Janeiro where the faulas are mostly made from brick and cement. They have running water and have electricity, but the biggest problem is sanitation. In one area, the sewage flows down a large channel in the middle of houses. The Souza went on to become a teacher and a pastor. She adopted a total of 37 children all at once in 1994, which anybody who does adoption is amazing, but 37 children all at one time. That's incredible. D'Souza coming from Favela, from the Favela was a celebrity congresswoman whose rise to stardom was celebrated in a film that had featured some of Brazil's most famous actors. Not many people can say that, even here in America. But 
What made her so famous to begin with? Well, one, D'Souza was a gospel singer before she entered politics. With her celebrity status and charity work, D'Souza went to the Rio de Janeiro music label MK Music. Up until that point, she had been releasing her music on independent records, and there was one Aspacentar Music. I hope I said that correctly. De Souza signed in 2010, and then soon after, she released her first album. In 2004, De Souza ran for city council but lost. And then in 2016, she ran for mayorship of Sao Goncalo under MB, MDB. And since 2019, De, De, De Souza, please excuse me, had been a member of the Chamber of Deputies in Rio de Janeiro after winning that election. She had the support in that election from Arnold de Oliveira. De Souza initially met and then adopted Anderson do Carmo in 1991. Then he was at, at, at that time he was 14 and she was 30. They then married in 1998. Yes, you heard me correct. They married. She became romantically involved with a child that she had adopted. Talk about mom of the year. She pulled a Woody Allen on that one. That should be red flag number one. However, the red uh, the relationship between De Souza and Do Carmo seemed to work. Do Carmo himself became a pastor and handled the finances of their business. Then, in the early hours of June 16, 2019, at the couple's home in Natero in the southeast Brazil, Anderson do Carmo was gunned down outside their home. He had been with D'Souza. Now, D'Souza claimed that her husband had been killed by thieves. Was it too crazy of an idea? Not really. Unless he was shot 30 times, mostly in the groin. Yep, that's not trying to send a message whatsoever. And she was absolutely devastated by what happened at the time, which you would think would be a normal reaction. Then the police started to investigate, and when they started to look into the murder, they were very surprised by what they found. And usually most people are. And hell, I think most people would have been surprised just with the fact that she had married her quote-unquote adopted son, and that alone should have disqualified her from adopting other children. Well, with that being said, I'm well aware that people have done this, and I find it very repulsive. You're taking on the job to raise these children as a parent, not to groom them to have sex with them. And there is a name for that. It's called pedophilia. But by the following morning, investigators were saying that D'Souza was the one who had plotted to kill her 42-year-old husband and preacher. 
According to an article from the U.S. Sun by Kevin Darko, De Souza reportedly ordered her children to kill her husband. Their stepfather slash adoptive father, they believed that De Souza had enlisted the help of at least seven out of her total of 55 of her adopted children. And yes, you heard those numbers correctly also. There were a total of 55 adoptive children and one natural child to De Souza. But here's the kicker. Though her adoptive children can be held accountable for the murder of their adoptive father, D'Souza cannot. And you want to ask yourself, why not? D'Souza holds a parliamentary immunity. When she was elected to Brazil's 513-member lower house in 2018. Now, those that are in parliament are trying to get that changed. And the speaker of the lower house, Leo Mota, who is a right-wing congressman and a former police officer, has demanded that D'Souza be stripped of her term. And so she should be. But my question is, would they have done it? If it was a man, and I'm going to throw that out there because how much has been done prior to this and they just haven't been caught. I mean, because there is a lot of fraud and all kinds of, you know, things that go on in governments all across the world under the guise of, you know, this has to get done. But I digress again. But why would De Souza kill her husband? That's still the big question. It was reported that the family was feuding because De Carmo was the one who handled the family finances, which we talked about earlier in this piece. And the fact that Docarmo was blocking D'Souza from giving, quote-unquote, preferential treatment to her favorite children. And this was according to a BBC online article. The attempt on her husband's life hadn't been the first time when he had been gunned down. Nope. D'Souza had tried to poison Docarmo at least six times before giving the order to her children to kill him. Now, De Souza had quit with poisoning his food because it was taking too long. De Souza, it seems, had been had begun to plot her husband's death all the way back in 2018. In my research, it noted that De Souza began to plot with her family and that her daughter's internet search was allegedly to have included the word cyanide in food. According to the teenager, she said that she was trying to help a friend who wanted advice on how to put her dog down. Good gravy. If that had been here in the U.S. and those surrounded and those that were included in PETA, would have had a field day with it. And she just couldn't separate from him or get a divorce because D'Souza thought divorce was ungodly. Yeah, D'Souza apparently thought that she had some kind of morals to this, but I don't know. And separation, D'Souza is quoted as saying, 
What am I supposed to do? I can't separate from him because that would be, that would scandalize the name of God. This was, again, quote, allegedly said in a message to one of her children, end quote. Again, her kind of morals, murder's good, but separation, bad. Keeping him alive, bad, murdering, good. It's scary. The investigation showed that Santos Rodrigo's, a biological son of De Sousa, fired the shots that killed Do Carmo. He had a gun, and along with that gun, he had purchased had been purchased by Lucas Cesar de Santos, who is one of the adoptive children. But this is one of Brazil's biggest couples. <sighs> who was not going to pay attention to this crime. It's like Ben and Jen, I, I mean, from Hollywood. That's how big this was. Together, according to an online article from news.com by Ben Graham, they had adopted 51 children and had four of their own. And those higher offices would be, would be calling for everyone to find out whatever they could, and D'Souza would not come out looking good. It would be like if Meghan Markle had taken a hit out on Prince Harry. And that's exactly what this was like. It's that big of a deal down there. But what also came out in the investigation was that right before De Carmo was killed, both, both he and D'Souza had visited a swingers club in Rio, <laughs> in the Rio neighborhood of Botofogo, which sits in the shadow of Christ the Redeemer's statue. I mean, come on, the irony of it. You're preaching to people about being godly and then lust of the flesh and then murder. <sighs> God, I love... I love people. I, I really do. I mean, it's just, it's what keeps these podcasts going. Seriously. And it's, in the thing of it is, if they were at a swingers club, depending on what their rules were as a couple, and there are rules at swingers clubs, my question was, and is, was it that she needed one more ride around the merry-go-round before hopping off on De Carmo? Uh, seriously. <sighs> According to the U.S. Sun article by Kevin Adege Darko, I butchered that, I know that, and I apologize. Ten people have been at this point anyways, been charged with murder, which had included six of D'Souza's children and even one of her granddaughters. This is sad. There have even been warrants issued against nine of those 10 people that have been accused. And since D'Souza herself cannot be arrested, and well, you have to ask yourself, were these really her favorite kids? Because remember, that's why he was keeping the finances tight because she was, quote unquote, being uh, using money to, you know, against certain favorite children. So now she has used children to murder her husband. And she knew she couldn't get charged with murder, but these kids could. Now, were these actually her favorite children? 
According to this article um, from C.H. Gardner, Flavios Dos Santos Rodriguez, the biological son of De Souza, said he allegedly ordered the hit on Do Carmo after he found out about his stepfather being involved in an ongoing affair slash infidelity, and police found a pistol in the uh, that follow that Tuesday after the shooting. They found this pistol in a closet in Flavio's room, which authorities believe was used in the killing. Now, Flavio was arrested the following Monday after the funeral of De Carmo, where Flavio admitted to shooting him six times. Lucas Dos Santo, an adoptive son of the couple, is also accused of by the police of killing Do Carmo, he admitted his part to the police when he saw security cam footage that clearly showed him at the scene of the shooting. Whoops, he must have forgotten about that, but when you're used to being around cameras, you get comfortable. So it happened. Lucas rolled on Flavio and Flavio rolled on Lucas. And so what good that will do either? I don't know. According to the C.H. Gardner uh, article, the authorities said an unnamed son of the couple came forward that Thursday and alleged that De Souza and her three daughters had paid 10,000 Brazilian reals, which is $2,500 American dollars, to Lucas to do the killing. So someone's life was only worth 10,000 real. Mm. De Carmo also pulled the purse strings on the kids as well. That's a good question. So much so that one would be willing to kill over him. The other claim was because he saw or knew that De Carmo was having an affair, but did he ever say with whom? Now remember, both of them were in, uh, both uh, De Souza and De Carmo. De Carmo were in swinger clubs together. So that means they had op open relationships. At the scene of the crime, the police recovered nine bullet casings from the scene, which were used to match the same firearm that was found in Flavio's room. At the time of Flavio's arrest, he had a pending warrant for domestic violence going back to April of that year, 2018. And as well as he also had a restraining order that had been filed by his ex-wife, meaning Flavio's. After Flavio's arrest, he had needed medical attention twice because of fainting due to blood pressure issues. Now, Lucas, who had turned 18 in 2018, had been the sub subject of a drug trafficking warrant that went back to when he was a minor. After Lucas's arrest, he was transferred to a social-educative social, social detention facility for juveniles. Again, I'm trying to ask if these were her favorite children. According to the article in the U.S. Sun, the police commissioner, Alan Duarte, was quoted as saying, the investigation demonstrated that de Souza's image of altruism and decency was mere, merely a ploy to gain wealth and political power. Yeah, that's pretty much what everybody does. Sounds like 
some others that we know of here in the States. Not naming any names. And De Souza's motive, she was unhappy with the way that Docarmo lived his life and was handling the family finances. That's why you keep your finances separate. According to Antonio Ricardo Lima Nunez, the murder chief in Rio de Janeiro, happy with the way he led his life, y'all just left a swingers club the night he was killed, so you have to be honest with yourself. It couldn't be that or you would never have gone in the first place. So it's the money and he was telling you you were doing something wrong and you didn't like it. And people, just be honest with everyone. And for the most part, yourself. I mean, that's what it boils down to. Be honest with yourself. Because the police there investigated this crime and though you might not think so people talk and once they started the truth came out and what the police found was this quote it's worth stressing that the congresswoman always sought to protect the image of a christian woman committed to raising her adoptive children and concerned about the family while simultaneously exhibiting behavior of which the police inquire inquiries proved true suggests a perverse crime-inclined heart. Hmm, basically, I am a, you know, I, what I preach to thee is not good enough for me. The D'Souza lawyer at the time of the article said his client protested her innocence. I'm sure she did. He also said that Brazilian media said that his client, quote, is very upset with everything that's happening because she's innocent. She never ordered this savage crime, end quote. And this is just the beginning of this story. Remember when part of the reasoning for the murder that Do Carmo was killed, that he withheld finances because of the treatment of D'Souza didn't, uh, or didn't give to certain family members? Well, to start to break it down, of all the 55 children that were brought into the home, according to an online article from, Fr from Friendly Atheist, not all the children were equal in DeSouza's eyes. DeSouza had her three biological children, Simone, Flavio, and Adri Ad Adriano, and her first five adopted children, which they all seemed to receive better treatment than the others, better rooms, food, access to the food in the refrigerator, in the fridge and the pantry. Now, now, you know, you're adopting these children and if food budgets are going to be tight because kids do eat a lot, don't do that to them. I mean, because kids eat, they need to eat. They're constantly growing. I mean, you blink, they grow. I, I mean, it's just the way it is. I mean, crap like that just pisses me off. You cannot tell a kid not to eat. I mean, I don't know if anybody, especially teenage boys, I don't know where they put it. Girls try to limit themselves because of body image problems. They shouldn't. That Their teenage years are the times when they have the best metabolism ever. Enjoy it. Once you get older, your metabolism slows. But boys 
constantly eating, constant. You cannot keep food in the house to save your life. Any parent of boys know this. I never had leftovers in my refrigerator with our son, never. And that's okay because he was constantly on the move. Anyways, and let's be clear, out of those that D'Souza adopted, Docarmo was the one she adopted in 1991 and then married, but not before, huh? You're gonna love this. He dated his sister, Simone. Hmm? You heard that one, right? He dated his, adop his ab adoptive sister before marrying his adoptive mother. <laughs> Apparently there was a generation of adoptees and in the first generation, they said, according to the article, that they felt that there was, they were used, used by D'Souza, despite the loving family image that D'Souza tried to put on for the world to see. Always, always an image. Behind closed doors and all. D'Souza's one adoptive son that is currently being held in prison has alleged that D'Souza kept a baseball bat for beating others. Jesus Christ. An anonymous witness has even told the news outlet that both D'Souza and Docarmo have, were having incestuous relationships with their adoptive children. And just, he deserves being shot in the crotch. Not that it would be any different for Docarmo. That's what he had been shown as a young man, what his life was like prior to that. No one, I, they didn't say anything. There, these are not excuses being made for him. There was plenty of time for him to realize that's not how families should be. But that's just the tip of it, whether it's gossip or not. Remember the Swingers Club? There's testimony relating to the fact that both of them went to this type of club, along with a deposition where witnesses to a homicide officer that he had to endure a purification ritual when he lived in the household. And it involved having sex with the infamous, with the famous singer. The witness also claimed to have been a witness to where children had to cut their hands and then write verses from the Bible, the book of Psalms in their own blood, and even attempts at black magic. <sighs> Fucking evil. This witness went on to further say that D'Souza would sometimes, quote, offer up household girls for DeCarmo and other pastors' sexual use, which has been reported before in other local Brazilian news. Quote, the witness recalls that a certain time family members, quote, were visited by foreign Pentecostal pastors. Now, the, the person recalls that as a form of reception for such pastors, like one of the daughters, was offered sexually to them. D'Souza was, was the one who made the offer, end quote. This is a huge scandal for any family, but for one family such as this one, where the BBC has called quote, a power couple of Brazil's burgeoning evangelical Christian movement, 
end quote, that carries a lot of weight no matter where you go. Mm. This is when people suck beyond all get out. Kids are not trash. Kids are not expendable. Kids are not your playthings. They are human beings, people. And the irony of it all, remember back when I was talking about them going to that swingers club that sat, that sat underneath the statue uh, of Jesus? Well, when D'Souza was running her campaign, it focused on tough crime measures, military policing, and quote-unquote defense of the family. I'm surprised she didn't choke on her own damn words. Someone must have forgotten to tell her that family begins at home and having sex with underage minors, like the ones that you adopted, isn't okay. In fact, a lot of people frown upon that and find it repulsive. And if there truly is any irony, the raid that the police did to round up all the family members suspected in the murder of DeCarmo was called, quote, Operation Luke 12, which referenced a Bible verse. There's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. What you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. Now, I've, I have to admit that I have seen that particular passage a lot lately, and it really resonates with this case. I wanted to go back and look up and see what exactly the socio-educative detention facility for juvenile juveniles are. In Brazil, these so, socio-supports for youths in conflict with the law and legal aids for youth whose rights have been violated during the legal during the legal process, <clears throat> they have home visits and meetings with families of youths in conflict with the law, the community meetings on the theme of children's rights, meetings with Department of Labor and Social Development to promote collaboration between civil society and public authorities. That's a big one right there. That's underlined and put in bold for a reason. Presentation of an analysis of the socio-education system in open situations. They do follow-ups and evaluations of living conditions in closed detention centers. Um, participation at meetings with state work groups. Workshops for members. Workshops on children's rights held with representatives of the media in collaboration with the Minister for Justice. Operation of Awareness. With uh, particular, uh, with participation of radio stations. The other thing, there's 20 members of the juvenile justice system, judges, pers personnel, judicial police, and 50 members of the media informed about juvenile justice, radio, television, and stuff like that. Now, when I went to look this up and actually see what this was all about, these kids that are sent there are literally dangled for those that want to use them for whatever purpose that they should, that they want. And DeSouza being able to keep her, her family secret this long was a miracle. 
because she could go in there and pick any child she want that, to do whatever with. I mean, seriously, it was like a breeding ground for anybody who was a predator that was working that system. She had kept a tight rein on her kids and put literally the fear of God into them, which had had to have been a sad life for these kids. For them, once you added in the fact of abuse and controlling of food, it would have conditioned these children to do anything that you wanted them to do. Literally anything. Classic signs of child abuse and neglect and grooming for molestation. These kids didn't stand a chance. They might have looked like they got lucky by being adopted by a wealthy and famous couple, but in fact, it sounds like they were living in hell. Children are a gift. They're our most precious people we have. We need to look up to our seniors and take care of them and our children. We have to start treating our children like human beings and not like they're disposable. They're not. Once they're gone, they're gone. They have souls, just like we do. And why people seem to have this thing, at least what I think about children don't count or are less than nothing, is beyond me. They count more than you'll ever know. Where does that leave everyone? Well, prosecutors charged D'Souza that Monday in 2020 with ordering her children to murder her husband that year, the, the year prior, in a dispute over money and power, along with 11 other pe people. But to date, D'Souza still cannot be arrested for murder of her husband. The police know who did it. They know who ordered the hit. They know why and how. They just can't arrest the main suspect. Talk about frustrating. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I plan on bringing more like this one. And hopefully later, I can actually bring them to you from my poolside. Until then, stay salty, my friends. This is Kat signing off.